Hello and welcome to Epic World Builder. This is an audio and a video podcast. Uh, for those who are listening to the audio part, um, I will try to explain as much as possible so that you don't actually have to see the video. I might not always be the best at this, but I'm trying to get better and better. And now the show. Hello and welcome to another Epic World Builder. My name is Mike Hewitt and today we're going to be doing something really different. Um, This is just going to be an audio podcast and um, we're not going to be an Epic World Builder or anything like that, but I do suggest go ahead and check EpicWorldBuilder.com out if you're looking to make a world campaign. So it is basically a like a wiki page slash like kind of like a maps program so you can you can put a map in and link pages through pins on a map or um, through just wiki pages Uh, you can also create maps all kinds of things Um, but today we're not really going to be talking about that we're actually going to be talking about crafting economies in your world whether that is in a story um, that you are creating such as like a book or even D&D if you're creating a, a world that how does the economy help you and uh, bear with me because I think this is going to be a lot of fun I mean it doesn't sound like a lot of fun but I think it's uh, there's a lot there and you see it in all kinds of stories out there from Star Wars to Star Trek to Firefly all of those Um, the economies are very important to the story, whether you see it or not. Um, Second of all, first of all, or whatever, (laughs) not first, second, or whatever, if you hear, like, a fan, um, I do have a heater on. It is, like, negative 10 where I'm at. So I do want to apologize about that. Um, But also, before we get to our main um, topic... Um, there's a couple things I want to do. Um, we did have a contest, um, and we had public campaigns contest and a public map contest, and that is over. We are going to be having one very soon, another one. Um, but a tale of giants won our uh, campaign, public campaign, um, for the best voted on, and um, Arcane Wanderer three won our public maps. Uh, created a map and they are both going to be getting a t-shirt and we're going to be sending that out to them um, the other thing I wanted to do is we're highlighting two cities um, that are listening to the podcast obviously we don't have when it comes to podcasts we don't have you know usernames or anything like that but what I do can what I can tell is who is listening in what cities and over a period of time um, so the two cities I want to Highlight is Calgary, Alberta, and that is in Canada, um, and Raleigh, North Carolina, in the United States. I want to thank you both. Um, both of those cities, I know we have, I think we have listeners there and multiple listeners in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and that thank you very much. Um, we, you know, we can go through and tell. They've been listening from the very beginning and listening to all the podcasts and have a big surge there. So I want to thank you. And if you want to get your city up there, um, the more you listen, the better. Um, If you can go back and listen to past ones. Um, Right now we're highlighting people that 
have listened to every podcast, uh, we could tell that it's more than uh, everyone, all the podcasts. So, But on to the main topic. Um, we are going to be talking about crafting economies. Um, and it's basically the heartbeat of a fictional world. So first of all, um, what does that mean? And we're going to get, I'm going to kind of define a few. First of all, defining and and explain what an economy system is, it's the framework that defines how resources are distributed and used within a society. It's basically uh, who has the gold and and basically what they're going to do with it. Um, Now, I want to get, we're going to get into what fantasy worlds like Star Trek and everything from, you know, Lord of the Rings, what they get to, but I want to kind of describe a few. Um, if you don't know, I mean, because we live in a very simplistic, we have money, you do work, you get money, you pass it around. Um, and that is pretty much capitalism. And capitalism is trade and industry are controlled by private uh, owners for profit. Think of the classic, uh, you know, cyberpunk cities, you know, it, they, they, I. The example in in I was reading was cyberpunk cities and me, mega corporations wielding power. Um, that sounds bad, but you know that's that is Amazon, that is Walmart. I mean, that's the kind of system we don't really think of about that, but it's it kind of is mega corporation wielding power. Socialism now, uh, depending on who you talk to, uh, socialism is bad or good. Um, but we're not going to get political here, but we are going to get political. We're not going to get political in real life. We're going to get political in in our fictional world. But socialism, socialism is a system, a system that emph- em- emphasizes equal distribution and resources often controlled uh, by a collective or a state. Uh, think of those utopian societies in sci-fi. Um, then there's feudalism. Feudalism often found in fantasy realms where the lords own the land and the peasants work it for, for an exchange, um, for protection, and a place to live. Um, I'm going to try and say this one. You know me in words. Um, uh, syndicate. So it's syndicates. Syndicate. Syndicalism. Syndicalism. It's basically syndicates. Um, and ism. Uh, it's an economy, economic system uh, where industries are organized into syndicates or collectives or the workers directly control uh, the means of production, um, decisions that are made through direct dem- democracy within the, uh, the, the syndicates. Um, then we have barter economy. We're not going to go, I mean, I'm just highlighting a few of these. Some of these I thought were very interesting. Some of the other ones I just kind of left off. Um, but barter economy is a system of goods and services um, that are e- exchanged directly for other goods and services without using a medium like exchange for money. Basically how we did it a long time ago. Um, you know, I you know this could be very much in a small village within your tabletop role-playing fantasy world. Where you know what, um, and the I've seen this in, I, uh, 
certain TV shows. Raising Hope, I don't know why, is the one that sticks out with me, where somebody has tons of lobsters and they start trading lobsters for back massages. But, I mean, it's basically that. In an old-timey village, um, you might have corn, and that's all you do, and you trade it with somebody else for meat or for services, um, and it's, it's a barter economy. Um, we're also going to, we're going to, you know, these might not seem important later on. We're going to say why they're important. So please stick around. I know this seems like homework almost, but if you're a world builder, you're going to enjoy this. Um, next one, social market economy, a system that combines the free market capitalism, uh, capitalist economy system with social policies that establish both fair competition within the market and a welfare state. That's kind of i think what a lot of our societies are now i think that's i'm I'm not a politician or anything like that or economist but i think that's kind of what america is um the next one is very interesting and in not in in uh, anarcho capitalism i think it's anarchy with an o capitalism a system where the state is abolished and all services including law and order are provided by a private uh, business in a free market. Well, I find that interesting. I have three more real quick. A participatory economics, also known as a parkon. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. This is an econom- economic system where planning and management are done by decentralized democratic, democratic institution. Workers and customers uh, have to have a say in decision making in their workplaces and economies. Um, Distributionism, uh, the economic ideology uh, asserting that the world's productive uh, assets should be widely owned rather than concentrated in emphasis in a middle way. Uh, between capitalism and socialism, um, focused on a uh, separate property of ownership. Uh, spreading, I'm sorry, focusing on spreading property ownership. And then the last one, uh, real quick, is uh, mutil- uh, mutilism, mutualism, I think. Mutualism, sorry. Mutualism, a system based on a market where goods and services are exchanged through barter and mutual credit. Uh, with an emphasis on cooperative and mutual benefit uh, transactions. Okay, so going through some of those, um, why does this matter in our world? Um, An economic system is kind of the heartbeat of a society. It influences pretty much everything um, from grand politics, uh, you know, of like an empire and how people live out their lives if people are in a rich society or a futuristic society where they don't need food or something is just given to them, or um, then it changes the way they feel and act. If you're poor, even in a society where everything is just capitalism or, or a certain, even within a certain set, people on either end are going to be different. And this is what makes um, your world feel alive and coherent. It just it's it's how people react to things. 
um, a kid begging for money on the street is going to be so much different than somebody who's rich and, you know, the Joffreys of the world who are the kings and can say whatever they do, whatever they want. And this also is how people act in your world. Um, so this is this is important. Um Think of it this way. If your story has a rich merchant, um, I wrote this down, a struggling artisan, or even a band of pirates, their lives are all shaped by uh, the economy they are a part of. Um, And this is not just about gold and goods, too. Uh, An economy can reflect the culture and the value of the world. is wealth seen as like the ultimate power or does that not matter or is sharing or community more, you know, sharing and communal property more important? Um, This is this, these answers, answers to these questions uh, are important to how you want to look at your world. Um, I wanted to give some fictional world examples um, of stories we already know and what kind of system they're using. Um, the first one in the list is the Hunger Games. We all know the Hunger Games. It was a you know a book series uh, by Susan Collins, um, and you know there was a movie series and everything like that. Um, this is an example of state capitalism. The government uh, controls essential uh, industries and resources while maintaining elements of capitalism, um, particularly in the wealthier districts. Um, And why? What is important? Why is this important to the story? It kind of highlights the vast inequality between um, these districts, and that state capitalism is—I mean—it's key to the story. Um, because if everyone was the same, you wouldn't have this district uprising against this district and everything else. So that inequality is extremely important and to narrow and to push the story forward. The next one I am a big fan of the Federation in Star Trek. Um, this society, uh, and I'm sorry, the last one, it was the capital in Hunger Games, um, uh, is, is state capitalism. Um, but the Federation in Star Trek, uh, the Federation, this is a uh, representation of post um, sacrosity, sacrosity economy. Um, post sacrosity. Oh, golly, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sacred um, uh, economy. Basically, Due to the advanced technologies in Star Trek, like replicators, they don't need food. They don't need shelter. You can just say, I love you. Go over there and Earl, Earl Grey tea, warm, and boom. You have not only food, you have the container to go around the food. You have a, a cup or, or, you know, a mug full of, of, of coffee or tea. And this is... This is this is a great way to move the story forward because uh, this gives the idea of a utopian uh, vision of the future where there are no material needs. So now, what is important? What is important in this economy? There is no gold. There is no money moving around. Um, definitely in the Federation, there are there are the Ferengi and all kinds of other stuff like that. But there is no system of moving around. So it is of the mind. I mean, 
your rep reputation and how you act is what is key in this kind of economy. Um, the next one I like, The Shire. And it, and I, I love these. These are, when I wrote these out, it's just not this story. It's this part of the story. Because there's a big part of the Lord of the Rings, right? There's, uh, you know, the human kingdoms and Mordor and all this stuff and The Shire. But this is The Shire. The Shire of Lord of the Rings. This is an example of traditional economy. Um, the hobbits live just, they live a very simple, um, simple society, just uh, they, where they farm, they trade, everything's done in small scales. The economy is based on, you know, tradition and customs. And it's just a very simplistic world of, okay, I've got corn, you've got green beans, I'll trade you corn for green beans, or I need, I need meat, or I need, you know, this being built. It's just a traditional economy. And why this is important to the story is it shows the Shire as a very simplistic nature, a very peaceful place. Um, and it, and it, it contrasts very much to the more darker parts, the more complex parts of the world outside of it. So when you're looking at this world and, um, you know, you're in the Shire, and, and the story does it really well. You're in the Shire, and then all of a sudden, you go to this dark, muddy, uh, human world. Or every, it's not really human, but there are other people there, and they go, to, and that's where they meet. Um, you know, the I think it was the prancing pony. I'm sorry, I apologize. It's been a while, and it just it's this whole other world. Where it's not this just fun, peaceful, and you, if I say the Shire right now, you know the music it's playing, <laughs> and so that's a great way of shaping your story and your world. The next one is the Empire, you know it in Star Wars. Um, this is seen as a um, war economy where the economic growth and stability of heavily reliant on is heavily reliant on production and preparation of war. It's just all war all the time. And um we see that in the empire. You you these this world that is not about there's no movie theaters. There might be, but you don't see it. It's just all war. It's all that kind of stuff. And that brings a very good Point and a very cool story contrast that focuses uh, focuses on war and the authoritative nature of war and how the empire is over everyone else. They're watching every single second, and they're not interested in you going bowling or watching movies. It is all about the focus on that. So that one's a very, very good, and, and changes the way story exists at all. Um, I've played a few Star Wars role-playing games, um, tabletop role-playing games, and it is an interesting concept that you're going around because when you're working, I mean, you are, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. There's merchants and, you know, bounty hunters, and obviously bounty hunters are after money. But if, when you're in that military world, there is no money. You exist uh, by rank. Um, 
The next is the Alliance in uh, Firefly. They exhibit traits of uh, uh, corporatism where the government has large corporations working together and con uh, to control the system, often at the expense of smaller, in this case, outer planets. Um, the Alliance controls, uh, the Alliance controls um, over the economy mirrors the political and military control, reinforcing the central theme of um, resistance by um, resistance by the serenity against an overbearing government. Yes, that uh, that gigantic of large corporations working together to take them down in in serenity and in serenity's case are the the crew of uh, this uh, firefly is no it was serenity oh is the ship named serenity or firefly oh my gosh no the ship's named firefly i think golly day i'm sorry it's been 20 years i feel like but um that there's that kind of fighting against this corporation um idea um, last two, Westeros uh, uh, in Game of Thrones. This is by uh, George R. R. Martin, are the the uh, HBO series. This is a classic example of feudal economics uh, economies, where the land is owned by lords and peasants working uh, uh, work the land in exchange for protection um, and a place to live. Uh, this is a good way. To bring stuff into your story, it's a it creates a setting of rife with like political intrigue, power struggles, and class conflict. Class con con conflict. Sorry. Um, definitely, when you see that, that is definitely when you watch Game of Thrones. That is exactly what it is. Um, last is um, Maze Runner. This ex uh, this uh, exhibits. An element of dystopian command e economy, where the government controls all resources and distribution, and the population is largely at the mercy of their decisions. Um, the government controls over all resources and population, and it basically is this theme of just they control everything. It's an oppressive system, and you have themes of survival, rebellion. And fights against the the oppressive system, um, but those are some great ideas to look at. Look at, I mean, all of those. I don't know if I've ever really thought about it that way. When I went through and I watched these movies, I don't think about, ooh, there's an economy system here. You know, you don't think about that. But it's important to think about because all of those is how. All of the people, all the NPCs, all the characters, they all have ideas in their world. Uh, Captain Picard doesn't care about gold. Um, but people from Game of Thrones do. Um, you have poor people in Game of Thrones, and you have rich people in Game of Thrones, and Maze Runner, and Star Wars. I mean, it's very fascinating and some of these there might be multiple so when you look at some economy systems even in some of these stories there might be separate star wars is a good one in in the empire there is no money i don't i don't see money except for when they pay bounty hunters and that is it but then there's huge sections where 
what Jedi's don't care about money, but then all of a sudden they need a hyperdrive on, on Tatooine, and then they need money. So it's a, even in a single story, there might be multiple economies um, kind of just kind of battling out. So that's very important to know. Um, the last one of grouping I have is different kinds of currencies. I was trying to think, how do we think outside of it? Now, a lot of us in tabletop role-playing games, we are in the world of fantasy. That is a huge one. Um, we live in these worlds, and it's kind of medieval, and there's gold, platinum, silver, and copper. And that is the first one. Gold coins. This is traditional currency. And this might not just be gold coins. It could be dollar bills and cents are yen are pounds are euros depending on where you are gold coins common in fantasy settings gold coins can em symbolize a classic medieval uh, uh, economy uh, their use might involve treasure hunts heists quests and driving adventures and conflicts this is by far my favorite, um, and I'm not going to really harp a lot on this because I think we know this one really, really well. The next one I have played with, uh, this is Energy Credits. This is for mostly futuristic, futuristic currency. Um, in a sci-fi setting, energy could be the primary resource with credits representing uh, units of energy. Uh, lead to plots centered around energy scarcity, uh, controls of power sources, and technological advancements. Um, not only energy, did I have something? Hold on. Um, I mean, this could even be some kind of magical thing. Uh, where there is, I mean, obviously in the future there's computers and all the computers kind of link together and they kind of, kind of show this all together, right? Think of the of an internet of here's where you are, but I mean, you could have a magical world where the you know we've heard of magical weaves where all the magic is kind of together and somehow maybe there's just a magical thing where it's kind of kind of fingerprinted on people, uh, and you can transfer um, you know credits from my me to you magically and then magically people just know and maybe if it's magically known there's no way to hide it then that could be a very fascinating story where your players can't hide how much money they have they can't hide it at all um and it's just out on the surface so you can't kind of go around and fake it and fake being poor are, you know, kind of, unless there's some super, super other magical that, that can do that. But that's something right there. Next uh, on the list is magical gems. Um, this is a mystical currency. Uh, in a world where magic is central, gems are uh, that store magical energy could be used as currency. Uh, this could create, you know, dynamics where magical abilities and economic powers are like entwined, um, affecting social hierarchies uh, and conflict. I mean, people could steal, you know, all kinds of stuff. It it kind of is like gold and stuff, 
except for uh, a more it's it's a hybrid between magic and like gold. Um, the next thing is data points. Um, this is I have cyberpunk security uh, currency, cyberpunk uh, currency. In a digital and cyberpunk world, information is valuable. Okay, so this is more uh, like information. Data points, data points could be traded for goods and services, leading to stories about data theft, hacking, and control of information. Um, this could... Um, one story I know, or one movie, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called In Time. I think it came out 10 years ago. Uh, it had Justin Timberlake in it. And everybody could live forever. And on their wrist, they all started out with like, I don't know, 30 years. I don't remember the real story, but you come up with 30 years and you get the first 18 for free. And as soon as you turn 18, uh, it starts counting down. And so, and everything was paid by that. So, and it was really uh, a story based on the world we live in and how poor people kind of lose out and rich people have a lot of money and stuff like that. It was kind of uh, about our society. But I mean, people, the currency was their own time and life. And some people had two, three thousands of years and they just lived forever where poor people were constantly working and getting nothing and trading in their own valuable life, honestly. And um, so that was an interesting one. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily has to do with data points, but it made me think of that. Um, favor, favor and reputation. This is social currency. In a setting where a social standing or favors uh, owed are valued, plots could revolve around characters building and losing reputation, um, you know, negatively uh, navigating like social structures and um, trading in favors and goods for services. Um, this kind of is around Star Trek. This is where Star Trek's currency really is, if you really think about it. It's all about reputation. A captain or this or how people see you is way more and what you have to give to society is way more important than the actual gold it is. Uh, resource tokens. Um, this is a dystopian currency. Um, in a post-apocalyptic world, essential uh, resources like food, water, and fuel can be tokenized. Um, I made a game, a board game actually, that has to deal with this, uh, where you're on a um, space station and slowly losing. Um, and I, it just reminded me of that. Um, this, can, this can do all kinds of things. It can lead to struggles for survival, where you're constantly having it, controlling resource caches um, and, and you know power dynamics because people, it, not only is it you're trading it in, but when you have resource tokens and you're trading resource tokens, this probably has closer to deal with in time with Justin Timberlake than the other one. But if you're if you're trading in here, here's some water tokens. Um, you're not in a great space. You're not going out to the movies or thinking about buying a new iPad. Uh, when you're doing with resource tokens, you're you're doing whatever you can to survive in that world. 
Then we have spices and herbs. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, spice, spice or herb. Um, unique natural resources. We all know this is taking inspiration from Dune. Um, and it's, a, you, you know, in Dune, we all know that they use spices and herbs and how this is how old, uh, you know, old structure. When people came to the New World, they were looking to trade spices from India. Um, yeah, so... This could lead to all kinds of things like inter interplanetary trade where certain things have more than others. And it can explore all kinds of themes. Um, these next two are very interesting. Soul Shards. This is a dark fantasy currency. In a darker setting, uh, currencies might be tied to life uh, essence like Soul Shards. Uh, this creates moral dilemmas, supernatural elements, and a market for life and death. Um, artifact pieces is the next one in a world where ancient um, artifacts are powerful fragments of these artifacts could be used as currency um, this encouraged exploration archaeology and conflict over unearthing possessing these pieces um, so um, those are different currencies um Let's see. I have a little bit more I'd love to go through. Um, these are different storylines. Um, we probably have enough time to go through them. But I hope this all helped um, give you different of why it's important in a story. But I thought I would give a few storyline ideas um, before we go in. Uh, the Cursed Coinage. Um, the kingdom's new gold coins are cursed, causing greed and chaos. Um, players must find a source uh, of the curse to stop it. So this could be all kinds of things like um, more gold people uh, have all kinds. I mean, so the more gold you have, that's great. You're more rich, but then you're also more cursed and more bad things could happen so a way of changing that or trading to where things are um where you're less cursed the the poorer you are is a very interesting idea uh trade war um two rival cities are locked in a bitter trade war the party must negotiate peace or choose a side to support um that's a that's a great idea of a great campaign of getting players to figure out how to get these two places to survive against each other. Monopoly of the Mages, a powerful wizard's guild monopolized potion production. Players need to break the monopoly to find a, a, an alternative solution. Um, next one, Pirates Plunder Economy. The coastal town thrives on goods and stole, uh, goods stolen by pirates. Uh, the party must deal with moral dilemmas and potential conflicts. Uh, the miners uprise. Exploited miners in the uh, uh, magical uh, gem uh, mine start a rebellion. Players can join the rebellion. <laughs> they can mediate. They can uh, or they side with the, the miners' owners. Uh, a black market, the black market of magical items. A black market, mag uh, a market, 
deals with the illegal magical items. Players uh, could be tasked to shut it down or get entangled in its dealings. Let's do a few more of these. Economic collapse and prophecy. The economic collapse is foretold by an ancient prophecy. The party must uncover and prevent the foreseen events. Um, a, a drought and famine. A prolonged drought causes famine and tensions rise. The party must find a way to bring rain and find food sources. Um, one I did a while back. Oh, man. It had to have been six, seven years ago. A... Uh, uh, what my party came to this town, and it was this group of, uh, I think, halflings and gnomes. But there was some dragons nearby, ancient, large dragons, and their whole society was based on stealth. They stealthed. They had these small tunnels, and they would get in, and they would harvest everything they could from the dragons without waking them everything from tears to you know they would take you know clippings i mean you name it they took anything they could because uh, all of this stuff is magical and um would take it from there and and that was what their whole society was based on so it caused them to be very stealthful and hidden and it, it was a very interesting concept so i hope that helps i hope you uh, you know a lot of times we think of so many different things when we do world building from npcs to all kinds of stuff but sometimes we don't look at the things that are behind the covers of oh okay well this you know poor kid on a sand planet <laughs> you know because of this you know because of because of this economy or this social standings. But money is important. Money shapes how we are. Um, when you're rich and have nothing, I mean, you have everything, it, it, it changes the way you act um, compared to someone who has nothing um, and the society that is around us and how they do it. So um, I hope that helps. Thanks again. Um, subscribe and like wherever wherever you are, whatever podcast place you're listening to this on. Um, and please, if you could, come to Epic World Builder. Uh, you can start a campaign for free, and we have all kinds of new stuff, like from gen generative pages to all kinds of things. Um, and so uh, if you can come, check it out. So... Um, thank you guys and always keep building.